0: Welcome to the Migraine Miracle Moment. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Turknet. I'm a neurologist, migraine specialist, migraine sufferer, and author of the book The Migraine Miracle. In this podcast, you'll learn all about how to find your path to migraine freedom without pills. Let's get started. Howdy, folks! So today, I am sharing an excerpt from a recent clinic chat live session. So these are our live sessions that, where we gather with our Migraine Everland members and chat over Zoom, um, usually for around an hour or so. Today's question is about how your tolerance to mismatched foods and behave, behaviors changes over time um, as you adopt and implement the Migraine Miracle Program. So in other words, uh, do things like sugar, gluten, a poor night's sleep, stress, and so on impact you more or less after you've been on the program for a while and it's a great question there's some nuance involved and it really gets to the heart of uh, not only why the program is so powerful but also to the heart of what health means um, to begin with also our next clinic chat live session is this sunday and this is a topical one where we dig deep into a particular topic this one is entitled Exercise and Migraines, What You Need to Know. So we all know that exercise is good for us, and it's good for migraines. Uh, There are studies showing that it it is as good as the best preventative uh, medications without the side effects. And yet, for some, exercise can provoke the beast. So how do we reconcile those two things? And furthermore, how can we ensure that we get the benefits of exercise without any of the downsides? And this has been a popular topic of discussion over the years in our Migrant Neverland com- uh, community. And so we're going to be digging deep into those details in our next live sessions. And if you want to uh, take part in that, uh, head over to the website, mymigrantmiracle.com, and you can sign up for Migrant Neverland there. All of these uh, sessions are included uh, with membership. And if you're listening to this after that session has passed, that one is, again, this this coming Sunday uh, as of the time I'm recording this, all of the replays of our prior sessions are are available inside of uh, Migrant Everland to our members. So if you are listening to this after the fact, you can still uh, catch the replay of that session plus the replay of all of our prior uh, clinic chat live sessions, uh, and which it also includes our uh, Q&A uh, clinic chats. And one last item of business is to share a few weekly wins from our Migraine Neverland members so the first one came from Catherine who said this reminds me that it is a whole year since I took my last migraine med in fact I haven't taken any medication whatsoever which I find amazing and wonderful life is so much better I no longer get crippling migraines any headache I may get is manageable and I understand why it occurred after 40 years of being a slave to the beast you can imagine how joyful life is now i'm still working on areas and definitely still learning but i could never have predicted i would be living without migraines thank you seems totally inadequate but it's from the heart and the rest of my family so absolutely wonderful uh from catherine and this next one is from jo- josette who says hey fellow slayers! thrilled to share this win last week passed the tough exam for microsoft certification Almost two years into the Migraine Miracle Plan, after being an awful medication and a migraine loop, my brain power feels stronger than ever. Absolutely. So uh, not only does not having uh, a throbbing head all the time really help with uh, attention, focus, concentration, creativity, and all the other things we might care about of our cognitive function, but just being on this program by itself um, just the amount of clarity and focus and clear headedness that you get from it, even apart from the migraine relief, is phenomenal. And, and I would not want to give that up. Um, one uh, final one this one comes from Lynn, who also happens to be my mom. And those of you who have read the book may recall that she was my first ever exposure to the beast, uh, watching her struggle with it. And she said, this week, finding this plan is one of the most important and life-changing things that has ever happened in my life. I was cleaning out files and found prescription records from 2014. There were at least eight prescriptions for Emerge and Maxalt. Last year, none. I basically no, no longer have migraines and just feel so much better overall. Less joint pain, more energy, less fogginess. After 50 years of migraine, it does feel like a miracle. So as I said in the book, uh, it was watching her suffer as a kid uh, that made me first hate the beast uh, before I ever personally encountered him. So reading those words and knowing what this has meant for my mom uh, is pretty incredible. And hopefully we can get her on the podcast in the not-too-distant future to share her story. So now here is the excerpt from our last Clinic Chat Q&A t has mentioned that the longer we are on the migraine miracle plan the more sensitive our bodies become to mismatch foods like sugar can the same be true of mismatch behaviors or might the opposite be true for instance we'll be able to better handle a few nights of poor sleep or occasional extended hours on the computer or not so uh this is i thought it was a really good question oh, a lot of you uh upvoted it so thought so too and it actually brings up issues that are really fundamental to health in general uh, as well as uh, you know the, all the issues related to migraine protection and let to start with an analogy and that is the the analogy of of walking barefoot and calluses on your feet so so what happens if we if we walk uh, barefoot everywhere um, we build up calluses, right? And what does that allow us to do? Well, it allow, it expands the range of places or the range of environments that we can walk comfortably while we're barefoot. Um, and in other words, it essentially makes our feet more resilient in a, a wider range of environments, right? And on the, on the flip side, if we never walk barefoot, we lose or we never develop those calluses. And over time, The number of places we can comfortably walk barefoot uh, narrows, right, so we become less and less resilient in that respect. And this sort of thing plays out in virtually every single domain of our physiology. So remember, the main function of the body is to maintain stable conditions in the face of changing environments and context so that we can still generate the energy that's needed to support life. And This is uh, tied in right with the definition of health. Um, Many people now define health as a measure of our adaptive capacity. So essentially the number of, uh, or how adaptive you are, how many, um, how well you're able to maintain stable conditions or homeostasis in the face of different environmental stressors. And the best way to maintain all those systems, uh, in my opinion, and it makes perfect uh, biological sense, to maintain uh, our maximal capacity is by reducing mismatches. Um, and uh, the way that mismatched foods and behaviors impair our health and ultimately cause disease is by reducing our adaptive capacity. So, we become, through with our mismatched environments, less and less able to maintain homeostasis which first causes physiological dysfunction and then ultimately causes those systems to break down completely and we call that disease. Um, But this is exactly like what happens when we don't walk barefoot, as the example. So, when we deprive the body of the inputs and exposures, it needs in order to help to, to maintain that adaptive capacity, which is to say to maintain health, then we get sick. And this is actually Played out tragically in the in the COVID pandemic. So there's been there's an enormous increase in risk of morbidity and mortality in those who are unhealthy. Um, And again, the way that is manifesting is a reduction in resilience or adaptive adaptive capacity in the face of a stressor. In this case, it's the it's the uh, case of an infection. We see the mortality rates tracking very tightly with, you know, incidences of obesity, hypertension, diabetes. Um, So back to the original question, the answer is absolutely. So reducing mismatch absolutely makes us more resilient. And this is almost certainly why, you know, in my own example and uh, examples of many folks that I've worked with, um, why triggers that would have once guaranteed a visit from the beast um, don't don't have their same potency anymore. Um, and the reason why this kind of resilience tends to improve, the longer we sustain this way of living, it's more in line um, with how humans have lived for thousands of years. I've also talked about before, one of the main issues in the world of migraine is that Many people respond to migraines by doing just the opposite. So for example, if someone has found that exercise is a trigger, then they may reduce it or avoid it altogether. And then what happens is that those systems, the cardiovascular and musculoskeletal system, they degrade over time and they become less resilient. So now it takes less physical activity to provide this, to give the body the same amount of stress. You're less able to recover and recuperate from that. And so less becomes more. Unlike when we're implementing the plan, reducing mismatch, we're improving our resilience by increasing our adaptive capacity uh, and minimizing the impact of those stressors. So the same stressor has less of an impact in the future as we build up that capacity. Uh, so exactly the opposite of of what often at times happens. And in the opposite case, where we if you're you know reducing the amount of uh, stressors that you're exposed to. Um, or, you know, increasing mismatch, you're becoming increasingly sensitive over time um, to those triggers, which is exactly what people report happening. So folks will oftentimes get to a poise, place where they can tolerate very little physical activity without it provoking an attack or can't go out in the sun at all because they've limited sun exposure. Um, you know, whatever exposure it is that, that they've greatly limited um, now, is a, now is an even more potent stressor. Um, and then back to the topic of of mismatch foods. So it's true that when we consume foods that are harmful, uh, like you know gluten grains for those who are sensitive, um, table sugar, our body does try to adapt in ways that will try to lessen the future impact. Which means that if you remove those food uh, those foods, you will lessen those adaptations. But The difference there is those adaptations are only beneficial if you're going to continue to consume those things. Um, But if they're harmful and not health promoting, then not eating them is the preferable strategy um, to eating them, Uh, unlike the case of where you're trying to um, adopt things that uh, that are intended to reduce mismatch. So that would be a case where we're increasing mismatch in our lives and the body is trying to protect us from it. So a great question that kind of really gets to the root of uh, Health and has real direct implications for the migraineur. All right, once again, excellent question, brings up some super important topics. And again, the replay of the entire session is now up. Um, some of the other questions that we covered uh, were Are there specific breathing exercises for preventing or aborting migraines? Um, how do I know whether morning headaches are due to sinus allergies or really a migraine? Um, would a vegetarian keto diet that includes dairy and eggs still work for migraines? Um, why aren't certain foods like radishes, turnips, bacon all in the migraine superfoods list? Again, great questions as always, and we always have a lot of fun during these sessions, and we really do love our Migraine Everland community members. Jenny and I are always talking about how great they are. So if you love to be part of it, we would love to have you. All right, that's all for this episode. So now it is time to go out and slay the beast.